Well, before I jump into my message, maybe I'll quickly go over some announcements. Um, uh, really quick, what's going on around here? Um, tonight, we're continuing our biblical citizenship class. So if you haven't joined us, you can still join us for that. Um, this coming up, let's see, this Saturday is Walk for Life, correct? Where'd she go, Claudine? Yes, this Saturday is Walk for Life. So if you haven't yet uh, signed up to walk with Claudine for the Walk for Life or help support her, raise some funds, that's the idea, is to raise funds for um, uh, the pregnancy clinic. And so um, we just pray that you do that. So that's this Saturday. Um, also this weekend is the Young Adults Retreat. Yeah? Yes? Yes? All right. So that's good. Be praying for them as they head off to Hume Lake. And um, coming up Monday, so not tomorrow, a week from tomorrow, October 10th, is our Faith in Blue. So just reminding you, it's an opportunity for about 20 police officers to come onto our campus to pray over them and break a meal with them. Uh, break bread, break a meal, one of those. Um, have a meal with them, break bread with them, do one of those, have fun with them, just enjoy. And the idea is to have a little bit of service time and then take off all the service stuff and just have fun, get to know our police officers that serve our area. So my heart as a pastor is just to honor um, LAPD, so I encourage you come on out as a church family and let's do that. Um, there will be dinner provided. I encourage you just to donate towards that. Maybe throw an extra couple bucks in to pay for the police officers because I will refuse any donation from a police officer. Um, so looking forward to that. Um, last one I'll hit is mark your calendar for the end of the month. We are officially in October, crazy. Uh, but the end, October 30th, we are doing a harvest hoedown. So this is in lieu of what we've done in the past, our family fall Fun Fest, whatever that's called, um, on Halloween night. We're not doing a Halloween night. We're doing a Sunday afternoon get together for the church. If other people, you want to invite other people, family and friends, everyone is welcome. Uh, but the idea is it's not necessarily this big outreach. It's the idea for us as a church to get together and just have fun, just to have some chili cook-off, some wear your Western, maybe listen to country music. Like I said years ago, God made me listen to country music. Um, <laughs> I do have a appreciation for it now. It's not my favorite, but I do have an appreciation for it. Um, there'll be, I might get in trouble for this, there's going to be some dancing in the courtyard. Um, and the pastor approved it and got board approval, so we're okay. Um, but Harvest Hoedown. So anyways, just mark your calendar. That's going on. Um, see Tracy if you want more details. She's the one heading all up. Thank you. Thank you, Tracy, for making it happen. Um, so I think that's it. Oh, yeah, missionary update. I have one of those, too. You guys remember, if you've been here for years, you know... Um, uh, the Wearies, Dolphus and Rosie Weary, and Dolphus has officially retired, um, but Real, yes, Real, that's, you had the correct thing up there, um, uh, Real Mississippi is the name of the ministry he started, and so we, even though we don't send as much money as we used to to support the Wearies, uh, we're still giving a monthly stipend to this ministry just because we believe in God bringing reconciliation. I love the scripture that God says he's given us the ministry of reconciliation, meaning he wants it to happen, but it's up to us to make it happen. We've got to do some things. We've got to act on it. It, right? Not just believe God for it. And so uh, praise God for this ministry. Let me find an update for you. Give me one second here. Um, so here's what's going on so we can be praying for them. Real Christian Foundation for more than 30 years um, has traveled to churches, colleges, and various ministries to share um, his experiences, Dolphus Weary, escaping extreme poverty and racism in Southern Mississippi. He vowed when he left Mississippi in the mid-1960s that he would never return. Anyone have his book? He's got that that's the title of his book. He would never return, yet he did. And for over 40 years, he and his wife, Rosie, worked to build models of holistic ministries in Mississippi. During his lifetime, because of his passion to minister to those who are poor in Mississippi and wanting to be the resource for others that they didn't have themselves when they served in rural Mississippi, Dolphus and Rosie created the Real Christian Foundation. 
Their foundation supports 25 Christian organizations throughout the state of Mississippi, providing financial resources to individuals and programs, offering training and leadership development, and providing supplies and equipment as needed. The foundation is currently led by Shonda Roby, so hopefully I'm saying that right, following the retirement of both uh, Dolphus and Rosie. Please pray for wisdom and supernatural support and grace as they support multiple Christian ministries across the state and work to meet the physical and spiritual needs of the people in their communities. So we'll pray over them. Hopefully, you guys know by now, you can give at any time um, in our white pillar right here or give online. Uh, just give your tithe and offering. Thank you for being a giving church. But I will pray over that ministry and over our ministry here at Osborne that God would increase our finances. Amen. So would you join me as we pray over those things? God, I thank you uh, that we have the privilege of partnering with so many different missionaries, that you birthed in this church from its foundation to be a sending church, to be those that partner with spreading the gospel around the world. And so we thank you that we have this ministry, God, that is meeting needs here in our own nation, where there is difficulty with racism that still exists, God, with those that are still in bondage and hurting and confused. God, I pray that you would bring profound spiritual wisdom to, to Chandra and the leaders there, God, that they would know how to administer financial resources, but more than that, know how to speak life and words of truth and hope, Lord God, that would break poverty, would break, um, God, mindsets and curses, Lord God, that they would be able to break those things and bring freedom and bring life. And so, Jesus, I pray that you would give them divine appointments, divine opportunities, God, just to bring the word of truth and the word of life. Would you give them courage and strength and boldness, God, to say your words, Lord God, in a way that is relevant, but in a way that is uh, provocative, God, and, and confronts lies of the enemy. And so, God, I just pray a blessing and a covering and a peace over this ministry, God. Would you increase the fruit of this ministry in Jesus' mighty name? God, I pray for Osborne Neighborhood Church. I thank you that we have every need met here by you. You are our great provider. And I thank you for all those that are listening to my voice, God, that are givers, God, that they contribute and give to the needs of this church. And I just pray that leadership here, God, would have profound wisdom to know how to use the resources you've given us, God, in a way that, that benefits you, God, impacts your kingdom, expands your kingdom, God, that we would be a neighborhood church. We would reach the lost, God, all those that are around us. We would meet needs with those within our church body. God, I pray that we would lack no good thing, that including finances, God, we would prosper in all things, Lord God. So we thank you, God. We ask for your blessing over Osborne Neighborhood Church and all of our finances. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen, amen. All right. Good stuff. Well, I'm excited, maybe expecting just as much as you to see where our message goes this morning because I've got the word of the Lord, but I'm still figuring out my sermon this morning. Um, I was sharing with you from John chapter 6. I've been studying. It's so fun. I... It, I'm learning to enjoy the journey as I prepare messages for Sunday morning. As you'll hear, I tear my, my wife almost every week. It is never the same. You would think after nine years, I would know how to prepare a sermon. And it, I'm learning to enjoy the process of God having fun with me, um, that I get to discover things and not just do a pattern, not just do what I used to do and have it fall in my lap. And so um, I've spent more time this week reading this book than I've, I've spent probably in any other week uh, preparing a message, but I have no idea all the things that God is going to bring out. I mean, I have a lot in me, but I don't know all what's going to get hit and what is not for today. So I've been praying and hopefully you join me that the Holy Spirit brings the words of life this morning. Um, so I'll go right there. Um, I quoted from you from John chapter 6 that Jesus was saying, I am the bread of life. He has these great I am statements. This is the first one that he makes in the gospel of John. And he says it, like I said, you heard, I don't know if you caught it. I said, first he fed the 5,000, 
Then he offended the 5,000. Um, they came wanting the same thing to happen again. You can turn, you can read in your Bible if you want. John chapter 6, make sure I'm not teaching heresy. Um, this is what Jesus says. He says it multiple times. I'm the bread of life. I'm the bread of life. And they keep questioning him. What do you mean by that? And he says, all right, you know, your fathers in the Old Testament, they ate bread that came from heaven, manna in the Old Testament. But all your, all your fathers, they all died. They ate the bread from heaven and they died. He goes, I am the bread of heaven. And if you eat me, you'll never die, right? And again, we understand that in the concept of on the other side of the cross, that Jesus is our savior, that we get to live forever and ever because he saved us from our sins. But put yourself in their shoes of his day. They're asking Jesus, what are you talking about? How are you the bread of heaven? Explain that to us. And so he goes further and further. And he says, I'll, I'll say it this way. Unless you eat my flesh, your, your teeth consume my physical body and you drink my blood, you can't partake of me. And they're like, okay, now you've lost it, Jesus. Because all the law, the Old Testament law says, this is not kosher, right? You don't eat human flesh and you don't drink blood, right? They have the... Kosher, still to this day, you don't cook things, milk and blood, right? You don't do that together. You can't, there's all these things like, we don't do this, Jesus. He's offending everybody. But in this, it says that many of his disciples left him. I'll, I'll read it to you. Let's find it. John chapter six. You guys, I saw some of you turning there. Um, so verse 48, he says this. John chapter 6, 48. I'm the bread of your life, uh, the bread of life. Your fathers ate the man in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living, living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. We'll skip. Let's skip over because um, I already kind of explained some of this to you. Um, and then verse 66. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Then Jesus said to the twelve, do you also want to go away? Verse 68. But Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom should we go? You alone have the words of eternal life. Also, we've come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. We'll stop there. Peter, I just, I love this. Peter gets it. Even though he doesn't understand eating flesh and drinking Jesus' blood, he's like, okay, he's with everyone else. I don't get what you're saying, Jesus. But where else can I go? Because when you talk, there's something deep within my spirit that you give me life. It's not just information. You're not a good teacher. I mean, Jesus was the teacher, the best good teacher. But you're not just a good teacher. There's something about life comes out of you. And I feel life come inside of me when you speak, Jesus. And I think even that, as I said this morning, my message, there's things that I'm trying to prepare is I don't want to just give good information. I, I Hopefully, I've given some good sermons over the last nine years. Some maybe not great winners, but hopefully at least some have been good, good, right? But I don't always want to just give information. I don't want to be just a teacher. I want to be a teacher of God's word. That's one of my responsibilities, to teach the word. But I don't want to be just a teacher. I want to be like Jesus. I want words of life, Jesus' words, to come out of me. You hear me quote this all the time, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I want this church to be a place where the words of God, the words of life come into you, that you partake of the words of life. It's funny, I was thinking just now of uh, Pastor Mark who shared last Sunday. 
don't know if he said this during the message or his one-on-one with me, but there's something about, he said, when the spirit of God comes on you and there is an anointing and the people are hungry, he's like, you can read the yellow book and people are gonna get fed. And he said that jokingly, but there's some truth behind that. It doesn't matter how good I prepared a message. If the spirit of God is not in me and on me, if we are not hungry, it doesn't matter how well I prepared good information. If I'm hungry, like I've gone days and weeks without eating food. Actually, I tend to get more hungry when I don't eat for several hours and then, then weeks. Then I'm like, okay, I just gotta eat a little bit to get back into eating food. But when I haven't eaten all day, I'll say it that way. When I haven't eaten all day, man, I'll eat anything. I'm so hungry, like I'll eat broccoli, right? Like I'll eat anything. Like I'm hungry. It doesn't matter what it is. I'll eat McDonald's, like Taco Bell. Like, sure, I just want food. I'm hungry. That's how I want to be with God. I don't, I don't want to approach God's word and it's just a discipline. It is discipline. I hope you're hearing my heart. Like I have to discipline myself to read God's word. It's not something that I just, ah, uh, I just do it all the time. There's discipline involved, but I want it to be more than discipline. I want to be so hungry that it doesn't matter where I open up the Bible. I just read something like, oh, that is so good. And I don't want it to be just on the Holy Spirit. Well, if the Holy Spirit wants to give me something and, and bring revelation, great. I've got to do something. I've got to create a hunger inside of me. And so I'm responsible to partner with the words of life. And so I love what Peter is saying there. He's saying, I'm not leaving Jesus. It doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter how offensive it is. I'm hungry for whatever you have to say. Even if it offends me, I want it. I welcome it. And, and where I'm trying to hopefully get to this morning, a, a title of this morning's message is repent and rejoice for revival. There's something that God is brewing inside of me that I'm, I'm getting hungry for revival. I, I hope I've never not been hungry for revival. But there's something, even as I heard Mark say it last Sunday, he was giving us, giving us some statistics of our nation, of things going in the wrong direction, right? What even Christians believe lies in the enemy, right? Not even believing there's a trinity. I'm like, how do you call yourself a Christian and don't believe in the trinity? I'm like, I don't get that, Right? He's telling these things that are horrible. And his conclusion was, unless there's a revival, there's no hope for America. If there's no revival, there's actually no hope for the Western church. And I was reading, oh, let's see if I can find it. I got some notes. Um, I was reading uh, this last week. I read this small little book and it was about revivals in America. And I'll read this quote too. Actually, I think I do have it in the, in the slides back there. Um, it says this. Christians afraid of emotion, afraid of revealing their hidden sins and pride in public are not those whom God will choose to start a revival. The revivals in American history were a revival of Christians. The conversions of people outside the church came only after the churches were revitalized. I keep saying, oh God, bring revival for America. And he's saying, those outside the church are not going to get converted until there's a revival inside the church. And it's not going to happen inside the church until people are willing to have their emotions stirred and are willing to confess pride and selfishness and arrogance and where they're wrong openly and publicly. If I'm hungry for revival, I've got to pursue repentance. I've got to, rep I mean, the most famous 
verse, right? Chronicles, right? If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, not those people out there. He's talking about his people. If they'll be broken, I'm attracted to brokenness. A broken and a contrite heart, I'll not ignore. God says it multiple times. He's just, he's drawn to brokenness. So I'm saying, if I want revival, it's got to start here. It's got to start here. I want America to be saved, but I can't pray for America. I can't vote the right candidates into place to have revival. It's got to start here. And I'm saying it's got to start with a hunger that I'm not satisfied with just eating a, an egg, a hard-boiled egg. I want the fullness. I want the fullness of what God avails. I'll share this. Even as, as Pastor Mark at the end of last Sunday service, he just, he said, I don't want to manipulate people into receiving the Holy Spirit. He goes, but I would be wrong if I didn't steward an opportunity for someone to actually receive it. I love that Jake felt like there's supposed to be ministry. Great. I don't know. Let's try it. Maybe no one in the room got healed, but you know what? We tried. That's a success story. That's moving in the right direction that I'm hungry for all of it. As Mark prayed at the end of last Sunday service, I don't know how many of you received something from God, but I was stirred because I saw a couple of young people in the front up here that these terms, I, I love it because I, I started getting less afraid of saying terms when I read this book about American revivalists. Um, revivals in America have happened since the beginning, of the, even before we were actually officially a nation. But there were things that were happening, the Great Awakening and uh, you know, all these different things. I won't go through all of it. But they had terms where they didn't know what else to call it, but they called it the jerks. They called it like what Pastor Mark was saying, where they were hit with electricity. It was the power of God. It was the Holy Spirit coming on them, and they were slain in the Spirit. We've heard those terms before. But they, they were under the power of God. And there was something about seeing some young people this last Sunday. They were, they were on the ground under the power of God. And what was going on, I had one of my kids was one of those, and he came to me afterwards, Dad, I, I'm sorry, I left a whole bunch of snot all over the carpet in the front of the, the sanctuary. And I said, praise God. Because I've testified how many times that you better be careful if you put your face on this ground because I got snot all over here, right? And my son is getting it. And at the same time, when I saw my son getting it on Sunday, I was saying, God, I want what my son has. It's happened to me hundreds of times. But on that Sunday morning, he was getting more than me. And I said, I want that. I want the same thing. And it's, and it's not a, obviously I'm not jealous that my son, I'm so thankful my son is getting something. But there's something within me that I'm just getting hungry. I'm like, well, if he gets it, I get it too. If it was available last Sunday, it's going to be more available next Sunday. Like Peter, I'm just saying, Jesus, you have the words of life. I don't have to understand and comprehend everything. I just know deep in my spirit, I want what you have, Jesus. And if it costs repentance, if it costs tears and snot coming, I mean, I didn't even ask my kid, but I, uh, if you ask people that have gone through revivals, uh, Mark was kind of giving that, right? He was the lawyer and he was interviewing people that were under the power of God. And he was just asking them questions. There were tears of brokenness, of repentance, of the weight of sin, of, of realizing that Jesus drank my sin. And he, he who knew no sin became my sin so that I could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. If that doesn't overwhelm you and cause you to break down in just realizing how good Jesus is, those are tears of brokenness, but they're also tears of joy. Yes. They're tears of love that I am so loved. Yes. 
It's not just brokenness. And that's why I say for revival to happen, there's got to be repentance, but also rejoicing. There's got to be, I'm contending to be broken in the presence of God, but I'm also contending for the breakthroughs that he promises. I will repent and I will rejoice for revival. I will confess and I will celebrate for revival. It's this, this mixture of the two. And I don't know how all we're going to get to this morning, but scripture is full of this. Really quick, I, just because I read the gospel of John this week, I don't have notes for all of this, but let's see if I can, if the Holy Spirit will remind me of some things. John chapter one, it says this, and one of the verses says that he came to his own and his own did not know him or receive him. Jesus was broken over his own not knowing him. But then it says, but then anyone that believes in Jesus has the right to become children of God. There's this celebration. There's a brokenness of Jesus and a celebration of Jesus. As you heard Aubrey talking about him becoming right uh, in the end of Jesus giving his life in the Garden of Gethsemane. God, there's brokenness. He's weeping tears of blood, right? Sweating blood and all these things that happen. He's broken before the Father. But then he triumphantly says on the cross, it is finished. It's a victory. He's shouting with a voice of triumph on the cross. There, was a, there were tears of brokenness and then a, a crying out of triumph. I defeated sin, death, and the grave. It is finished. He's declaring it. And I love this idea of Rosh Hashanah. We're in this season where there's a mix. If you read it, I'm not going to give you a whole understanding of it, but if you read about this, this holiday, it's this celebration of a new year. We, we are very familiar with celebrating a new year. Happy new year. We celebrate, confetti goes off, right? We kiss our loved one. It's just this joyous time. But in Jewish history, it's that, but also connected with Yom Kippur, the day of atonement, when there's going to be a shedding of a lamb's blood. And it's, you better get everything right before God. The fear of God, it's the 10 days of awe. I better make sure I am broken and repentant and I have a contrite heart. It's this mixture of the two. And as I look at Jesus' life, John chapter one, I just go through all the, all the chapters. John chapter two, he's at a wedding. There's brokenness and shame because they weren't prepared. They didn't have enough wine. Ah, oh, there's brokenness. His mom is feeling sad. But then what happens? Jesus performs his first miracle and there's celebration. There's even more joy than before. It's both. John chapter three, the most famous, you guys know Nicodemus, John three sixteen. You have this prominent Pharisee humbling himself and submitting himself to a rejected rabbi. He goes to Jesus, says, how do I get eternal life, right? Unless you're born again. So it starts off with a, someone humbling himself, confessing things, and then celebrating that he got eternal life. It's this mix of two. John chapter four, the woman at the well. Jesus confronts her sin. Bring your, bring, here, come bring your husband. Oh, I don't have a husband. You say that right because you've got 10 other guys that you've been sleeping with before. Oh, he confronts the sin. She, had, she publicly recognizes, I'm a sinner. And how does that story end? She goes into the streets and starts shouting, Jesus is the Messiah. And there's this huge harvest. It's, it's this repentance and rejoicing coming together. And revival hits the land of Samaria. Keep going through the chapters. I, I don't, we read chapter six, right? Jesus feeds the 5,000, chapter five. Broken bread, chapter six. I don't have time to go through all these but I'll hit this one. John chapter 11, verse 33. It says, now oh, let's turn there. John chapter 11, verse 33. Let's turn there. 
Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid them? They said to him, Lord, come and see. The shortest verse in the Bible, verse 35, Jesus wept. We'll stop there. It says, Jesus grieved in his spirit. He saw Mary and the Jews. They were weeping over Lazarus, who'd been dead for four days. There was brokenness. Jesus is broken. And he's weeping and groaning in brokenness. Jesus wept. Read the next couple of verses. We'll skip a couple. Verse 38. Then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. I'll stop there. I don't have time to unpack all this, but as I was reading this, the Lord highlighted to me. I don't know how, I'm, if you would have asked me, I would have said, oh yeah, I think he did groan twice, but it never stood out to me like it did this week. Jesus groaned twice. The first time he groaned in brokenness. The second time he groaned with a triumph. He shouted with a voice of triumph, take away the stone, Lazarus come forth. Amen. There was a mix of the two. Revival hit. Someone came to life. Talk about revival. Because Jesus did both. He groaned in brokenness and then he groaned in triumph. Amen. I want us to be a people that we learn how to do both. That I'm not stuck in one. Some of us were very good at groveling before the Lord and being broken. And all we stay is in a place just broken before the Lord. And God is saying, it's time to stand up and shout with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. And some of us, we just like to... Put on a fake, fake smile and fake it till we make it. Praise the Lord, brother. Things are going great. And God is saying, would you learn how to grieve? Weep with those who weep. Rejoice with those who rejoice. And I just, that was echoing through my spirit this morning. Jesus is in a season right now currently of grieving over the nations. Grieving over America. Are we joining in with him grieving? But are we also joining in him celebrating what he's about to do? Revival is coming. He's excited on the edge of his seat, getting ready for all the things he has. Are we celebrating with a voice of triumph? Yes, Jesus, come. Right, it's the mix of both. He's rejoicing and he's broken. I want to learn how to do both well. I'm going to say that again. There's some of you. The Lord today wants to break off. All you know how to do is be broken. Today is a day where you shout with a voice of triumph. We began the service with that, blowing those shofar. It's time to say, no, I am free. We sing that song. Sometimes we just sing those songs, but sometimes it needs to be a declaration, a groaning from deep within. It is finished. Lazarus, come forth. Stone, get away. Whatever it is, it's like, ah, this is happening. I'm not going to stay in the grave, right? And then some of us, we need to learn how to weep before the Lord. Brokenness needs to come. I, I won't share because I don't have the liberty to share the details of who, but I love that someone came to me this morning and they shared that on their car ride to church, they were crying. Broken over their bad attitude at Starbucks this morning. They were angry because they got their thing, their order wrong, and then they were the last one to get their order, right? All these things, and they were angry and didn't treat the people like the way they should. And in the car right here, weeping with tears coming down, God, I missed it. I missed it. God, would that kind of brokenness get on all of us? Well, I'm broken over my bad attitude. 
It's not okay just to, I, I so many times I excuse, I've been in that same place where like, well, it was their bad service. It's not my fault. They messed up my order. And I blame them. And I have a reason to be justified for my sin. And I'm saying, God, would you hit me with a spirit of brokenness? That revival would come because I'm just so broken over my own sin and over my junk. I don't want this in my life anymore. God, take this selfishness, this pride, this arrogance. Get it out of me. Because I want you to have what you desire, revival. To breathe your breath of life on me. It's what he wants more than anything. Hmm. All right, I think we just need to <laughs> figure out how to land the plane because I got way too many things to keep sharing. But I guess my cry this morning is, I want the real thing. I don't, I don't want what I've just seen in the past, what we kind of labeled revival. I want to experience revival. I've been reading what's been going on, the Azusa Street revival. I, I want that. I want the real thing. I'm so thankful that my son was under the power of God last Sunday. I'm so thankful that I see beginnings. I, I see things. I, I'm not ungrateful. I'm so grateful for the beginnings but I'm not satisfied. And I'm just being completely transparent and honest. Part of what my hunger is, is I've had, like I said, encounters with the Lord so many, I can't even count them. But I'm saying, God, even the, def, the deepest encounter I've had, that's not enough. I don't want what I had in the past. I want something that I have no context for. I read what, what happened to Paul, Saul, on the road to Tarsus. That encounter completely changed his life. I read about what happened in these revivals and people being hit with the presence of God where their entire life shifted and changed. They were already pastors. They were already born-again Christians. But something happened and it changed everything. I've had so many encounters with God. I've snot-faced before the Lord. I don't know how many times, but I'm just, there's something within me that's aching for something deeper. And if you get it first, great. But I'm saying, God, here am I. I want it first. It's not a competition, but there's this hunger. If I'm not hungry, how can I get the people hungry? So as Daniel, the worship team, comes on up, we're going to end with one last song. And there's, Daniel and I were talking about it. It's just a, we've already worshiped the Lord, but there's something about it where I just, I pray there's a mixture that I can pray in the same breath. God, break my heart. But at the same time, I step out of brokenness and I begin to contend for breakthrough. And in this last song we sing, I, go where you need to go. But I love that, that those shouts, I, I didn't have time, there's other things in here about shouting, a shofar blowing, that it, it represents victory. I'll say this, 
It was a declaration before the victory came. They shouted with a voice of triumph, and then the victory came. They weren't shouting because victory already happened. Jesus says, it is finished, and then it was finished. So I, don't, I, I know maybe you don't like this, but I'm trying to partner with the Holy Spirit. I don't know all of what it looks like, but I just know I'm hungry, and I want more hunger to come. And I know there's supposed to be brokenness. I know there's supposed to be breakthrough. I know there's supposed to be repenting and there's supposed to be rejoicing. The story of Nehemiah, there was a mixture of it. I, could just, I didn't go through all these stories biblically where there's just a mixture of repentance and rejoicing going on. So would you just stand as we close the service? As we do every time we just close with one last worship song. And I just invite you as we sing this song, you're invited to leave and go get kids, because yes, it's exactly noon, time's there. Stay, minister to one another, go talk to someone. I, I, it's fine. This is a holy moment. Would you, I just invite you, I won't make you, but would you just put your hands in front of you? I would you just come before the Lord. God, with my hands in front of me, as a physical representation of my heart, God, I, it's open. My heart is open. Like Peter, I'm hungry for the words of life. I don't want to go another day just being good, as Aubrey said. I want to be infused with the Holy Spirit, power to go live a victorious life, to bring your kingdom everywhere I go, to bring revival. God, I want to be a revivalist, someone who brings revival because it's hit me first. So God, I offer my life. Anything that offends you, anything that I've been wrong, God, Holy Spirit, would you convict me? Would you guide me and lead me in all truth? Show me, bring the light and shine in those dark places that I would be broken and repentant, contrite, confessing to you, God. I don't want this. I am sorry. Remove it. But God, I also offer my lips and my lungs, that I will be a shofar, I will be a trumpet, I will declare and celebrate and rejoice with a voice of triumph. That greater are you that is in me than he who's in the world. That it's not by my night, by power, it's by your spirit that lives in me. The flesh pro prospers nothing, but the spirit brings life. So we ask, Holy Spirit, would you fill me afresh and anew? Just as you fell on a, on a few young people last Sunday, God, would you fall afresh on me today? I want a fresh encounter. I want revival. I'm hungry. Would you just stay in that posture of worship as we sing this song?